This is the School Success Podcast, a podcast for school leaders to learn from other school leaders what's working and what's not, and to get inspiration and encouragement, as well as strategies to grow school enrollment, connect with families, retain teachers, recruit teachers, and everything in between. You guys are heroes, and I cannot thank you enough for pouring into this next generation that's coming behind us. My goal is you will take at least one thing away from every episode that you can take back to your school to make it better than it is right now. Please enjoy the School Success Podcast. Well, hello and welcome to the first episode of the School Success Podcast. I'm your host, Mitchell Slater. Today, you're in for a treat. I can't think of a better way to start off a new podcast than with a family friend, which is my sister-in-law, my wife's sister. She's a first-year teacher at Falls Lake Academy in uh, North Carolina, uh, where my in-laws live. And we talk all things, what she's learned and dove into that first uh, when we recorded this, you know, four or five months or so of being in it, and we have a blast. So stay tuned here in just a few moments for the first ever episode of the School Success Podcast. She is a teacher at uh, the awesome school of Falls Lake Academy there in, I think, is it Creedmoor, North Carolina? Am I right? It is. It's kind of in the middle of Creedmoor and Butner, but Creedmoor works. There you go. So right outside of, you know, Raleigh-Durham area, uh, go Duke, right? And I know she's not, she's a Tar Heels fan, but well, that's a conversation for another day. But Morgan, welcome to the podcast and being willing to hop on the first edition as we jump into this. So I'll let you introduce yourself and share anything you want to share real quick before I dive into some questions I got for you. Wow. Well, thank you for having me. I feel like it's a privilege to be on the first episode and being a brand new teacher. I'm honored that you would even think to ask me. So I'm Morgan Easter. I am 22 and I am a brand new third grade teacher and I teach math and science. Good, good deal. Well, here, so you just started, I think you're into month. Have you finished your first official month? Or are we into month two right now? Um, we're in month two, getting close to month three. We started school August 10th. So we don't start when traditional schools start, you know, towards the end of August. So we have had our first full month and we're almost done with month two. Okay. And you guys are a Falls Lake Academy. So it's a, it is a charter school. It's not a traditional public school, correct? Yes. Um, so Falls Lake is a public charter school, which makes it a little different than other academies or other um, private schools, so to say. Falls Lake has to still meet requirements that public schools meet. Um, just the way that they have information is a little bit different. For example, the funding that Falls Lake gets is different than public schools. So each child, I learned this at the beginning of my training, I thought it was one of the coolest things. So each child has essentially a number on their head, their worth. That's the same for public and charter. However, public schools have different domains where they have to spend money in. So for example, public schools have to spend money on transportation. They have to spend money on lunches and a cafeteria. They have to spend it on textbooks, calculators, um, things of that nature. Whereas charter schools, 
all of their money goes into one pot and it does not matter how they spend it. They can spend it in any number of ways, however they choose to do so. That's one thing that I think is really cool. I think it's one, I think it crushes one of the stereotypes that people think of charter schools. Typically people think of them and they're like, oh, charter schools, they think they're better than everybody else, but that's not necessarily true. They have more flexibility in what they can do because their funding isn't, they don't have to spend it on certain things. They can spend it on whatever they choose. Okay. And I like that. And then we have a client that is a, is a charter school and that's kind of the, the rundown that they gave. They have a lot more freedom than a traditional public school because public school is like, Oh, we have this money again, like you literally, like you just mentioned for this and this, and then they kind of has a school leader can go, Oh, we want to spend money on this right now because we have it in the budget or we want to spend money on whatever it ends up being. It's kind of makes it easy, especially for saying, Hey, I think this would be really good for marketing for your school to help grow enrollment or to do whatever it is. And they're like, yeah, let's, let's try it. Let's do it. And they can easily say it without having to go up the chain of command, I guess, to the different districts and approval from superintendent, all that fun stuff. But right. uh, so does your, does your budgeting, and I know you've only again, been there a couple months and maybe you don't have all the answers for all these, but does your, the budget that you guys get from the state of North Carolina go to pay teacher salaries as well, or is that completely separate from the money that's per student? I'm pretty positive that it is included. I, from my understanding, every dollar, penny, everything we get goes into one big pot, one account, and they could use that money to hire more staff. They could use it to get transportation if they wanted to, to do a football team if they wanted to, whatever they want to use it for. My understanding is how they do it. Okay. So now you've been there a couple months and obviously you've, you know, obviously since you've, you're in, you're my family, I, you know, I've been following this journey. If you're going to, to college and getting all this stuff ready for your first year of teaching. So you've had all this, uh, these ideas of what your first year would look like and what it was going to be. And you got obviously into a great school. How is it related to what you thought it was going to be and what it's been these, just these first two months? I think some days it's, exactly what I thought. It's so exciting. You know, just come in, they're happy to see you get hugs from so many of them and everything's just so happy and good. But then, I mean, everybody has days where it's kind of like, you know, it's dragging by the kids don't seem to understand anything you're telling them, even though you thought you had the best lesson planned and they just, and it completely blows. So then you have to go back and rethink what you know, what did I miss? What did, did I say something wrong that, you know, didn't allow them to understand or what? But I mean, I would say majority of it has been really exciting, kind of what I thought it would be like. It's definitely very busy. I had that assumption coming in that it would be pretty busy, but I mean, it's really busy. Like, I feel like on the weekends, I I don't want to do anything. I just want to you know, stay at home, relax. And even most weekends I'm at home grading papers and then spending Sundays preparing for the next lesson. So even sometimes it doesn't feel like it ever really ends. So do you have the flexibility of what you teach or do you, are you held into this little thing of like, Hey, Morgan, this is what you have to teach on, or do you kind of get to pick what to teach and the way you want to teach it? Sort of. So, um, I think, kind of what you're talking about is called direct instruction. 
direct instruction is where the school hands you a book and says, read from it. I have dealt a little bit with that during my student teaching. Their um, language arts was that way. They literally would hand you a book and say, read exactly what it says, do exactly what the activity they have is. However, Falls Lake is um, not direct instruction. They do have to follow the NC standard course of study, which is um, put together from the Department of Education. And we have to follow it, but we do have that flexibility of how we teach it, how we approach it, what kind of activities we do, whether you do hands-on stuff, whether you you know move around or whether you just do a worksheet. So I do like that about Falls Lake. Okay, I like that they give you the flexibility there. That's what I would want as well, because I've obviously, I feel like I teach a different way and I love hands-on learning. That's how I learn better. And I know obviously every kid is completely different with how they how they learn. So that's, that's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's very cool. I, for science in third grade, part of what we learn or what we teach is the human body systems. And one part is the intestines. And so I found this cool activity where you take a garden hose and have it balled up and you hold it in front of you. And that gives students a really good picture of that's kind of what's inside me. It's just, you know, shrunken down much more but that's what's inside me. And then you can take them outside and unravel the garden hose to see, you know, this 20 foot hose is the equivalent of my intestines inside me. It's kind of gross, but I say this to say Falls Lake has that flexibility where, you know, I could go to my principal and say, Hey, I need 15 garden hoses. Is that something we could get? And they would more than likely say yes, based on um, what I found and what I plan to do with it. So that's mm -hmm. very cool. I do love that. No, it's good. The hands-on, I'm telling you, that's the, I feel like the best way to teach and to learn. And it's fun. It's something they can picture in their mind and then talk about later on to be like, my intestines are like a garden hose. And I've never heard that put that way. So I do like that. You're already teaching me there, Morgan. Good job. So you've been in there two months, obviously, you know, you're new, you haven't been in there for years yet, but I would love to get your take on how do you see Falls Lake as a school in the terms of like how successful they are. I've heard obviously good things being in, since you guys have been in the family for, you know, I've been in your family, I guess I should say for years, uh, knowing that's a great school and it's had great success. So I'd love to hear kind of what do they do really good that you, that you've seen going, man, I really love this about our school. And is there anything you've seen just in a couple of months going, man, I would love to see us do better in this, in this area. Okay. Um, so one thing that Falls Lake does very well um, is something called project-based learning. I may refer to it as PBL. That's just the acronym that everybody uses. So project-based learning is a hands-on way of learning that starts with a driving question, and then you come up with what students need to know for this project. And this is a nine-week-long project. So this isn't just a, hey, sit down, do this project at home. You know, this is a whole nine weeks thing. We have 45 minutes a day dedicated to this project. And you start by looking at the overall picture. What do you want the students to be able to do? What do you want them to learn through this? And what I like about PBL is it is that it integrates many subjects into one project. So for example, there's a PBL that is called building a zoo. So my third graders will do that soon when we start our next nine weeks. So if you break down building a zoo, you have to think about ecosystems, habitats, 
um, animals area and perimeter because you have to fence in where the animals are going to be budgeting finances i mean all these different things that can go into this one project so that so far is the most excited pbl or i'm most excited for that pbl because you know i love animals and it incorporates all of this all of these things into one project so you teach those things kind of to the project so they're able to do that and then the goal would be by the end of the nine weeks students do a presentation of learning the community is available to come parents can come you know anybody that knows about it is eligible to come you know of course with covid right now we can't have anybody come but we're hoping after the next nine weeks that maybe that will change but during this presentation of learning students literally build a zoo like they may pick you know a habitat to dress up as and to make they may make it on a poster they may you know choose to dress up as a habitat what i like about pbls are or is that there's no limitation you are not allowed to tell students do it like this build it like this it is any way that they would like to build it so then during that presentation of learning we take you know a couple hours and have the community come in and it's almost like a a fair type thing where you walk around to each station and the students will tell you you know everything they've had to do to get to this project everything that they've learned to be able to do it and how they came to this and it's i think it's awesome it's one of the things that drew me to falls lake it's very cool Okay, so there you go. Something you think they do really well. It sounds like I, I love that because I think it's very child led and I like that it's uh, letting their imagination go, which I think is really good for development. So now we go for things you think they could improve on it. You've only been there a couple months. Anything you're like, man, I wish this anything crazy. So one thing that I have noticed recently is that it seems as if everyone at Falls Lake wears too many hats or has too many jobs. For example, this example always comes to mind, our tech lady, very nice, very sweet, very organized. However, she has at least five or six different jobs that she is fully in charge of, not just you know mm -hmm. a helper, she's fully in charge of these things. And these are big things such as Jupiter Ed, which is our it's very similar to power school. It's our whole thing. We do grades there, lesson plans there. We take role there. She's in charge of that. She's also in charge of tech and we are a K-12 school. So that, I mean, you're talking about at least four teachers per grade level. I mean, there's countless computers and third, third grade through eighth grade all have a classroom set of computers. So she's got to, I mean, there's a lot she has to take care of just with tech. So there's Jupiter tech. She is in charge of a running team that meets after school. She is the media coordinator. She does cross country I'm trying to think what else she also teaches like on top of all of that as well. And so one thing that is a little frustrating to me is that sometimes I have issues with technology and I don't even want to go to her to ask for help because I don't want to bother her. Like she's got many other, probably way more important things going on. And so for me, you know, I'm having a small inconvenient problem. It's easier for me just to deal with it. 
than to try and go get help from her because she's got so many other roles that she plays and she does a very great job at it, you know, but sometimes it is inconvenient when you do need that help and you have to wait a while or you can't get the help. Like for example, I had a new student start three weeks ago or so now, and every student has their own individualized login to the computer. I did not get him a login until like Monday and he's been at the school for three weeks. And so we do things on the computer probably about daily or every other day. And so for him not to have a login, I was having to log him in as myself, which is giving him a lot of trust to be logged into a computer, you know, as a teacher. So that's just one thing I've noticed that is, that could be improved. You know, another example, my boss like does directors instead of principals. So there's a K2 director, which is the same thing as a principal. Then there's three, five middle school and then high school. So my director is um, essentially principal for third grade, fourth grade, and fifth grade. And she is also now the testing administrator. And so even just having those two jobs, like even she sometimes seems, you know, distant when I'm trying to talk to her or ask her questions. And I don't know about you, but that's one of my peeves. Like if you want to sit down and talk to me, great, but seem present. Don't clearly be elsewhere. I'm trying to ask you for help or, you know, guidance, anything like that. Like I need you to be present and really hear my issue and provide me with a solution, not be thinking about your other job that you have. So that's just one way that I think Falls Lake could improve on that. Maybe hiring a couple extra people for support. Okay. No, that's good. And I feel like, man, so many places, especially right now, I feel like across the whole country are like need help. They need, you go to like the fast food places, everybody's hiring, everybody's like short staffed and needed. And I mean, I bet you schools, I know I've heard from talking to other schools as well as the, they have a hard time finding subs. And I guess this earlier this um, year, I don't know if you've heard this, maybe this is what you guys were dealing with too. I've heard schools are having a hard time finding math teachers. I guess math was really yeah. hard to come by. I don't know if Falls Lake is having a hard time keeping like with that department. Is that something in the higher levels that they're having trouble too? Um, so I know, I don't know math particularly, but I do know over the summer, they Falls Lake posted, gosh, it was probably six or seven job openings. And I was shocked. I had, at that point, I had already accepted my position, but I was just shocked. Like Falls Lake is not somewhere that you typically see that many openings. And so I started to kind of ask around and I was like, Hey, you know, did something happen? Like, why are so many people leaving? You know, what's going on with that? And they just, you know, I told you the one teacher, but everybody else just couldn't do it with COVID. They just saw so many teachers leaving and, you know, deciding to homeschool their kids or even just to not work. And so it really put a damper on, a lot of schools because they didn't have any teachers. And I think on top of COVID, well, with COVID, seeing even more things that are at, that are expected of teachers has put a damper on teachers because not only are we, you know, teaching these kids, but we're having to look out for their social and emotional well-being. You know, are they okay? Do they, you know, do they come to school with food? Do they come to school dressed, you know, appropriately? Like, 
you know, do their clothes fit them? You know, are they being nice to kids? Then we're having to talk to parents and not just usual conversations with parents. Like when we talk to parents on Zoom, a lot of parents just come on there and tell you like they have a therapy hour with you. Like they want to tell you everything that's been going on and talk to you about how hard COVID has been for them, which is very understandable. But at the same time, it's not our job to be their therapist, so to say. And so I think that has really kind of burned out a lot of teachers, Um, not necessarily me because I haven't fully experienced that yet, but it was hard for a lot of people to have to do that as well as deal with their own lives at home, then have to hear all of this about, you know, what's going on in other people's homes and their students' homes. Because really in, while we're in person, we see the kids almost more than their parents do. And so we really get to know them very well. And then so the parents want to join in on that as well and share a little too much about what's going on at home, you know? And so I think that really burnt out a lot of teachers last year. Man. And I, I can imagine. And I mean, what, it, as much as obviously you guys aren't therapists, what an opportunity to be to a, uh, an encouragement to these parents who are, you know, this last year, of course, COVID is just really wreaked havoc on so many families and lives and people across the world, I guess, but the, uh, you, you can be there to be that positive impact going, man, I'm, I'm loving your kid when he's here. I'm teaching your kid, man. he's doing great. Like you can do like all, hopefully bring a positive, make it a negative into a positive, which Morgan, obviously knowing you personally, I know you obviously you're very, very good at that to begin with, but what, I mean, it's a, it's a lot that teachers are being asked of. I mean, in, in short, I know you, I have a ton of just absolute respect for teachers and what they do day to day to educate that next generation and to give to those kids. And um, obviously I was homeschooled my whole life. So my mom was my teacher. So I love my mom, but I know the teachers that I had in like church, like Sunday school teachers and stuff. I have so many memories still as an adult of these teachers that I had just even once a week for Sunday school and the impact they made in my life on one day. So I can't even imagine how much impact you're having on these kids who have you for an entire, you know, nine months, 10 months, you know, whatever it is, that's, that's incredible. So like an opportunity, you're going to have all these kids. I think it's gonna be really cool is when these kids grow up and they're going to have kids and maybe you're still teaching and those kids now are in your class, Morgan, one, you'll feel super old, which, you know, you'll be old by then, I guess, but what a cool thing when they remember you at that point, uh, for like, oh, I had, I had Miss Easter. She was so fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited for that. It's funny. The kids think I'm old now. So I'm like, you oh. just wait. I'm like, I, I just turned 22. Like, I am not old. But then I say things that are cool to them. And they're like, oh, she is cool. Oh, my gosh. You know, and it's so funny to see their faces sometimes. They're like, you know about that? You've heard that? And I'm like well, yeah, like I'm, I'm really not that much older than you. So because the your third grade, so that's what, like 10, 10 years old? Eight. Eight. Okay. Well, I'm really bad at that. All right. So, okay. Over the summer, I taught fifth grade and that was funny because these kids were 10 and 11 and I was 21. So I was like, I'm only 10 years older than you. Like I'm old (laughs) enough to be your sibling. And they were like, they were just shocked. Very good. Well, Morgan, I love that you're a teacher and I love that you're pursuing your dreams and teaching and obviously got into a great school. I wish you absolutely nothing but the best, of course, in this coming year. And can't wait to hear about how the rest of the school year went. And a huge thank you again for hopping on the, the podcast, the first edition, as we uh, hopefully help teachers and uh, 
leaders across the, the country in schools have better uh, schools and educate their students even better than they are. So thank awesome. you. Well, thank you for having me. I definitely felt honored to be here today. So thank you. You're welcome. Well, a huge shout out to Morgan Easter for being on the first ever edition of the School Success Podcast. She crushed it, and I was so proud of her be, for being willing to put herself out there and during her first year to be on a podcast that her brother-in-law was starting. So, Morgan, thank you so much. Uh, I hope you guys learned at least one thing from the episode that you can take back to your school to make it better than it is right now. You're going to learn a ton more from this podcast as we make more and more episodes. So tune in to the next one on the School Success Podcast. We'll see you then.